Welcome to Mediation Today, a program brought to you by Vesnatsa Tichanin, a Canberra lawyer and mediator. Every episode introduces an experienced Australian mediator to talk about mediation training, development, ethics and practice. We acknowledge the traditional custodians of the ACT land, the Ngunnawal people. Dear listeners, in today's episode, my guest is Renee Toy. Good morning, Renee, and welcome to my program mediation today. Good morning, Vesna. It's great to be here. Renee Toy is a nationally accredited mediator, conciliator, and family dispute resolution practitioner. Currently, she provides family dispute resolution and mediation services through her business, Listen, Talk, Resolve. Renee has a background in family law and in the parliamentary service, where she worked for the House of Representatives Committee Office. She's worked as a family lawyer in Canberra and convened conferences on family violence and personal protection matters with the ACT Magistrates Court. She has also worked as an associate to a judge in the now Federal Circuit Court and at Legal Aid ACT. Renee also worked as a senior conciliator at the ACT Human Rights Commission, where she conciliated matters relating to discrimination and health services complaints, and now is about to take up a position as a sessional registrar at the Family Court, where she will convene online family dispute resolution and conciliation conferences in parenting and property matters. Renee is a panel mediator with the Conflict Resolution Service in Canberra and with Show Dispute Resolution, an organization based in Adelaide. Renee, this is a very varied and rich spread of professional experiences you've had to date. Tell us a bit about your background and what got you interested in family law and dispute resolution, please. I would say it stemmed back from when I was at university. So I studied at the University of Canberra uh, and I was studying journalism and law. And I was actually, probably for the first few years of my degree, I was very much considering going into journalism. And it wasn't until I picked up a subject of family law that I started to see an area that I really took an interest in. I think that it actually blended quite well with my journalism studies because family law is about people's stories and how you're telling those stories although in a different way than what you would in journalism. So I think once I kind of studied family law, it really stayed with me and I ended up getting a part-time position while I was still studying at Legal Aid ACT and I ended up in the family law section there and that's, that was it really. I, I really mm. thought that this is where I, want to, where I want to head and where I want to go with my career. So. Mm. Or can't be a better place than legal aid office. Yeah, it was a, a yeah. it was a great environment, and I think it it attracts similar minded people. Um, and I think that's what I experienced at the Human Rights Commission as well. A lot of people who you know care about other people and want to help people that maybe don't have mm. the means to get legal advice privately. So, so there is a double satisfaction for us professionals, isn't it, in a, in a way, because people can afford our services and the other ways we are, and the other side is we are working in the area we really love. Mm, absolutely. And being a lawyer, how 
did it uh, occur to you that you would like to become a national accredited mediator as well? Well, when I decided to study uh, mediation, I was actually in Parliament working in the House of Representatives Committee office and I'd been there for a number of years. Um, I have young children, so while I was at Parliament, I took some time off to have babies and I guess once I had come back to work and I was working part-time, I was thinking about where my career was heading And I realised that I didn't really want to progress further at the House of Representatives, even though I really enjoyed that role. Um, I started to kind of get that interest again in, in family law and what that might look like if I went back into that space. And it kind of occurred to me that my area of strength and interest was really around dispute resolution. And I took I got a lot of energy out of negotiations and all of the out-of-court kind of dispute resolutions. So I thought, why not go into mediation? So that's when I uh, started studying the, the course at the College of Law, my family dispute resolution. It's a graduate certificate, I think. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. yeah, so you've joined the two and uh, that was pretty much how you progressed your career and where you are now. Yeah, that's right. So I, and sorry, it was the graduate diploma of family dispute resolution at the College of Law. And um, at the end of that process, I could do the assessment for the my national accreditation. Um, and it was something I'd always kind of been mindful of that running a practice solely in family law would be quite challenging. And I really wanted to kind of make sure I had that option to do other mediation work as well. I think, you know, when you are practicing solely in family law, it can take a quite an emotional toll. So mm. I want to make sure I have that varied practice. Mm. Um, so that's why I did my national accreditation. And you mentioned, if I may touch on that, that you have a young family. So how does that work? Uh, well, it's it's been very good so far. So when I was at the Human Rights Commission, I was doing part-time work. So my youngest is in preschool, so she's still at home with me a couple of days and I have a son in year one and so he you know is at school most days and now that I'm kind of running my own practice and then doing some casual work it fits in quite nicely with family life. I think it's just making sure you have some balance in your life and some time for yourself and some self-care. We'll, we'll touch on your uh, business and I love the title, Listen, Talk, Resolve. It's beautiful. And uh, that was one of the reasons, actually, I was looking for mediators in Canberra and they came your, on LinkedIn, your profile. And of course, we know each other from the Conflict Resolution uh, Service panel. Before we continue our conversation this morning. You told me that your first song choice is Missy Higgins, When the Machine Starts. Tell me why did you choose that one? I chose that song because I'd heard it uh, actually on Radio National and Missy was talking about how she wrote that song to talk about the positives that came out of the lockdown period last year. And that's something that I kind of, it, it resonated with me because whilst, of course, there was a lot of challenges and, you know, we had our son at home doing kindergarten at home, but that also had some really positives for us to be able to kind of experience that 
learning with him and just to have that extra family time at home together. And so that's why I chose that song because I think whilst, of course, there are some real challenges um, and a lot of people have, you know, had a lot of suffering because of COVID, there are also, I think, some changes to life that happened um, Mm -hmm. as a result of particularly the lockdowns that I think some positives can come out of and makes us think about how we operate ordinarily and, um, you know, some time to slow down is sometimes a good thing. Yes, absolutely. I agree. And as always with Missy Higgins songs, uh, it's important to listen to the lyrics. So dear listeners, enjoy this song, Missy Higgins, When the Machine Starts. My guest in mediation today is Renee Toy, family lawyer and mediator from Canberra. In my introduction, I mentioned some of your very recent professional engagements, including the one with the ACT Human Rights Commission. Renee, would you describe to our listeners what was your role as a senior conciliator in the commission and what does it all mean? So the ACT Human Rights Commission takes complaints from people uh, in the ACT where they feel, for example, that they've been discriminated against. And the commissioner that I worked for was is also the Health Services Commissioner. So that means that uh, anybody who has any complaint regarding a health service they've received in the ACT uh, can make a complaint through the Human Rights Commission. So as part of the complaints team, I was managing, uh, you know, a number of complaints at any one time. And you're essentially helping the complaint move from the initial complaint being made to gathering some information about the complaint from the respondent or the, the health services provider. And then, you know, in appropriate cases, convening a conciliation to try and resolve any outstanding issues in dispute. So the Human Rights Commission is offering for people a dispute resolution pathway, essentially, so that people don't have to necessarily take court action. Uh, It also offers people an opportunity to seek outcomes that aren't available in a court process. So, for example, in a lot of complaints, what's really important to people is having that acknowledgement and being heard about what the issues are um, for them. Uh, In health services complaints, often what people are wanting to achieve is what happened to them doesn't happen to somebody else. And so I think that's a really uh, great benefit to people seeking um, a resolution through the health services commissioner. And your new role in the family court, which you are about to start, is something many mediators and family dispute resolution practitioners, I think, would, would think of as a dream next step in their career. Tell us about the job and how have you been preparing for it? Well, I think firstly, it is very much a a dream role for me. I feel very privileged. There will be a number of um, sessional registrars who are basically undertaking some conciliation conferences in property matters and with parenting matters, uh, undertaking some family dispute resolution work, which is essentially offering parties who are in on the litigation pathway 
an opportunity to try and resolve their dispute without it needing to go for judge intervention because what the courts are experiencing at the moment is really quite lengthy delays Mm. in achieving a final decision. And I think while the courts are able to show already that it's only a very low percentage that are already needing final hearing. Mm. And so the more opportunities you provide for parties to resolve their dispute outside of that kind of litigation pathway. And so you would be your role is pretty much to be the step before it goes to the judge. That's correct. So mm. it is for parties that have already you know, lodged an application and or a response. They're seeking orders from the court uh, and they've perhaps been through a number of steps already, perhaps got interim orders. And this is an opportunity for uh, the parties to get together with their lawyers, if they have them, to try and resolve the outstanding issues. Uh, And if they're able to reach agreement, then we can make orders by consent. Mm. And for our listeners who are in a situation to consider how to progress their matter, what would be something that you would give them as a little hint? Uh, So if they haven't yet gone to court? Uh, I think, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of, um, you know, parties will often say, look, I'm going to take, if this doesn't resolve, I'm going to take my matter to court, but they don't necessarily know what that means. Mm. And what it does mean is often if you have a lawyer, it's going to cost a lot of money for a start. Secondly, it's going to take a lot of time. And there's going to be a lot of impact on not just you, but also your family. If, if it's a parenting matter, for example, it can have effects that you're really not even maybe aware of it, that, you know, children can pick up on what's going on in, in their parents' lives. And it's quite detrimental for children mm-hmm. to be experiencing ongoing conflict in the home. So I think, you know, one thing I hope I'm able to provide to parties who mediate is that this doesn't have to be the pathway to get an outcome, that you can actually achieve an outcome without needing to have a judge decide because, and I think that's another message I like to provide to parties is this is an opportunity for you both to make a decision about the division of property or about your children's lives. And particularly with parenting matters, it's the parents that are best placed to make decisions and who know what's in the best interests of their children, rather than asking a judge who doesn't know your children really, other than from what they read in the documents that you file. Um, so why not mm. you guys be the decision makers instead of allowing the judge to do that? This this nicely actually leads me to my next area of interest or question. You also run your own business, Listen, Talk, Resolve, as I mentioned before. Tell us about it, please. How did you decide to uh, start your own business and uh, what do you do? Who are your, uh, the people that you are uh, helping? And yeah, tell us a bit about that. So when I decided that I would study family dispute resolution and mediation, it was always with a view to setting up my own practice. Part of that is because it fits well with where I'm at in life and wanting to kind of manage my family life with young children at school and also my own um, work commitments. So I think running your own business does mean to an extent you're able to manage your own hours around your family life. So I think that was one aspect of it. The second part of that is that I could really see from 
having experience as a family lawyer and in the court as an associate, watching people who are in that system who don't really need to be there. Mm. And so part of what I think I am hopefully providing for people is a different pathway to resolve conflict without needing to go down the court pathway. Mm. And that's what you touched on before in the previous question. And that really makes absolute sense because, uh, as you said, people are sometimes absolutely not aware of what's ahead of them when they start going down that path of litigation or, you know, dispute resolution, whichever way, honestly. I mean, when we think about it, disputes are difficult. The title of your business really intrigued me, Listen, Talk, Resolve. Tell us about that listening part in mediation a little bit. So it was a very deliberate decision for me to name the business Listen, Talk, Resolve and have Listen, first because I think listening is just so important and you know I'm guilty of it in my own life is that you're so kind of focused on getting your own message out that sometimes you forget to listen to what's being said to you and so you know part of the magic of mediation I think is that all parties to a dispute are given the opportunity to be heard uh, and also to listen to what the other party has to say and I think that's where the magic happens uh, because once people actually listen to what is going on for the other people in a dispute, you can kind of start to see, well, I can see a way out of this or I didn't really understand that was where that was coming from and Mm. you can be taking positions or making assumptions about people that were completely wrong and so listening is just so, so, so important. And then you have talk, resolve... That naturally comes as a result of that good understanding that comes from listening. Yes, I think so. Once you're able to listen and and then talk about your own experiences, hopefully there's some mutual understanding that's able to be gained from that conversation and you're able to to move forward. And I think for for my business, I I feel that mediation really does provide uh, a process for people that court you know whilst and I I don't want to sound like I'm anti-court because of course some matters do need to go to court and they do need intervention for various reasons however for a lot of people they don't need to be in court and they can use mediation as a way of coming up with their own solutions to a problem that can be quite creative and and perhaps outside of what a court might be able to Mm. order in the same circumstances and extremely powerful I find Absolutely. And and I think particularly with parenting matters, I think this is just so important that mediation can help preserve some level of relationship between two people, whereas court can just further damage and create conflict between people. So what I'm hoping to achieve through my own practice is giving parties an opportunity to be to think about what is what is my co-parenting relationship going to be like with this person going forward and hopefully this is just one step in in a person being able to you know be a co-parent and have a kind of business-like relationship at least with the other person uh, the other parent. Dear listeners this has been mediation today for this week. Renee Toy a family lawyer and mediator has been my guest. Renee thank you so much for being my guest. We've heard some wisdom from your practice, from your own business, from your professional life. Tell us about 
the second song so that we can finish the program with with that. I have chosen a song, My Island Home, from Christina New, which takes me back to my childhood because I really loved listening to Christina New growing up. And I just feel this song is quite joyful uh, and also, you know, talks about identity. And I think it always resonated with me growing up. And I just feel it's just a nice, positive song. Beautiful. Thank you again. Bye.